0: To SOS, success over struggles, where you'll discover ways to push through challenges, plus insights from amazing professionals in different career paths and their struggles face.
1: Thank you again for tuning in to SOS, success over struggles. Today we actually have a really super amazing guest. Uh, his name is John Kovaleski. He is actually a owner, well, the founder and owner of T2 Nutrition and Wellness. On top of that, John has his hands in many other pots. Isn't that right, John?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yep.
1: So we're going to yep. dive between a that.
0: supplement company, a media company, all types of stuff. Yeah, I got lots of things going. on.
1: <laughs> so I mean, if anyone knows about entrepreneurship, this is one of those guys that truly knows about it. So before we go into that, uh, as you're aware, John, success over struggles. We're all about diving into different. Uh, obstacles that we face and, and mm-hmm. yours, you know, it's really beneficial for those that are going into that health and wellness industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think it really hits home there. And so tell us more yeah. about how you got started into the T2 uh, health and wellness for you or nutrition and wellness. Okay.
0: Well, yeah, to be, to be honest, um, we got to go way back for that one. My, my story <laughs> started back in 2007, Um, I was just your, your average husband and father. Well, I was a little above average, like 405 pounds above average. But anyway, um, I was just the average guy. I got up every day. Um, you know, I did my usual routine. I went to work. I came home. I had my social life and things that I did with my friends and my family. Um, and just went about my life and I wasn't paying any attention to the food that I ate. I wasn't exercising or anything like that. And, um, one day it all caught up to me. Uh, I had taken my lunch break where I ate my typical lunch, which was a large pizza, two Big Macs, order of fries and a large vanilla milkshake. That was my lunch every day. Um, so I ate that, took my little 20 minute carb coma power nap in my truck and then went into the shop. I was an automotive mechanic, went in to go back to work and, um, Before I had gone to lunch, I had been doing some front end work on a vehicle and I needed to, because I had replaced some parts, I needed to align it. So I brought the vehicle into the alignment bay. I put it up on the rack. And for those people that don't know how an alignment's actually done, you typically either have to sit on a rolling seat or you have to lay down on a creeper and roll underneath the car (laughs) to actually make the different angle adjustments. So an hour had gone by and my boss is like, John's like the fastest person we have doing alignments. Why is he still back there? So he came back to check on me and I was unconscious underneath the vehicle. Um, So he called an ambulance when he couldn't wake me up, he called an ambulance and they took me to the hospital. When I got to the hospital, my blood sugar was over 500. Anything over 300 can put you in a coma. Um, Upwards of 400 can kill you.
1: Unreal um,
0: man. I was in the Yeah, yeah. So it's like and I had no clue that I had any problems with blood sugar or anything. And I should have because my family history was like riddled with diabetes and heart disease and cancer and all these other things. I should have been taking better care of myself, but I'm like so many people out there, it's just like ah, that's not gonna happen to me. I'm gonna eat what yeah. I wanna eat, drink what I want to drink, and I'm gonna enjoy life. So seven hours later I wake up and I've got a doctor looking at me, you know, and he's like you have diabetes. We're not sure if it's type one or type two, but you have diabetes. Um, You know, he told me what my blood sugar was when I came in. And he's like, bottom line is this, if you keep going the way you're going, you'll be dead in a year. And I'm standing there or laying laying there in the bed and my wife and my kids are are standing there in a room and they're crying and they're all upset. And I just looked at the doctor and I was like, okay, you don't have to tell me twice, playtime's over, it's time to go to work. and that actually that that statement became my motto my mantra that pushed me through the months and years to follow to get from where i was then at 405 pounds to a a healthy individual who eventually became obsessed with helping other people do the same thing he did so that's how t2 nutrition and all that stuff came about
1: i love that and i wanted to go back just a brief moment to your mantra sure. can you repeat that again cuz you said it's been helpful for you what is that what is that it's
0: been extremely helpful it's play time's over it's time to go to work
1: there we go love it's, it it's it's
0: kind of it's yeah it's kind of based on the on the on the whole thing of it's time to put away childish things you know, in other words, it's time to stop goofing around and start, it's time to start getting serious. And you know, that was just one of those things that I, I said it in that moment and it has literally stuck with me to the point that every, every live video I do, every podcast I do for my show or whatever, everything has always ended with that
1: phrase. I love that phrase, man. That's great. And you know, something that we can all definitely put in our lives. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, when it comes to it, mm-hmm. Now pivoting because you went from mm-hmm. you know being a mechanic and mm-hmm. as you mentioned uh, Big Macs pizza all that during the lunch hour to now a 180 uh, losing that and mm-hmm. now having this business and and other uh, businesses as well what right. made you what uh, made you get into really start helping others get healthy and do the whole nutrition and uh, wellness area?
0: It was a process. Um, anybody that that weighs that amount and has that much weight to lose, that is not something that's going to happen in six months, a year, year and a half. And right. if it does, it's not sustainable. Most people that lose that amount of weight in a short period of time gain it back because they're on some kind of crazy extremely low calorie deficit diet or something like that and they can't sustain it long term so because they haven't because they haven't fixed the habits that got them in that position in the first place they were just not eating a lot yeah it winds up as soon as as soon as they go back to trying to eat some sort of normal diet they wind up gaining all the way back Huh. Um, so the first, the first year was the biggest weight loss. I lost a hundred pounds the first year wow. and that was simply from cutting out the soda. I used to drink Mountain Dew by the gallon. I mean, it, it was no nothing for way. me to drink wow. anywhere, anywhere from eight to 10 liters of Mountain Dew a day
1: I so, would drink. Well, let me ask you this, um, sorry, and I know you're probably getting, mm-hmm. it, I apologize. Is, no, it's fine. With that. It's it's like, and I'm sure a lot of listeners are going to love this in a sense of how, because you went you know from four or five losing a hundred that first year, how did you cut out the mm-hmm. the soda and what certain habits did you form? How did that happen?
0: Well, as far as the habits were concerned, cutting out the soda was simple. I knew that soda was pure sugar, and it is, it, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be Mountain Dew. Coca Cola is pure sugar. When you drink it, there's, there's no fiber, there's no fat to slow down that sugar. So it goes directly into your bloodstream, mm. okay? Um, which is the reason that it has the effect that it has. That and the, the sugar and the caffeine combined has the effect that it has because it goes into your bloodstream so quickly. Mm. Um, but here's the problem with that. And I didn't know this then, but I know it now. At any point in time, your, your blood can't have more than four grams of sugar, broken down, circulating in your bloodstream, any more of that, and your body immediately sends signals to receptors and that sugar gets dumped off into the liver. When the sugar hits the liver, the liver says, well, the only thing I can do with this is turn it into body fat. So it uses a process that's called lipogenesis and it takes all that excess sugar and turns it into body fat so it can be stored for later use. The problem with all this is the more stored fat that you have on your body the less your insulin receptors work well so you can handle even less sugar in your bloodstream and you wind up constantly adding more fat it's a vicious cycle okay hmm. so that was the biggest thing in that first year was just switching from um switching from the the sugared sodas to diet soda okay diet soda and water yes. uh, as far as my eating habits the, the first thing that I changed was I just stopped the gluttony. I still ate, I still ate crap. I did. I (laughs) I still ate crap. I just didn't, I just didn't eat as much of it, but I figured something was better than nothing. And I knew from, from having dealt with, you know, with my mother who had diabetes that eventually took her life. Um, I knew that when you have a lot of things that you need to change, you can't do that all at once because you're not going to be able to handle it. Not to mention it's not good for your central nervous system, for your metabolism and all kinds of other things. Um, so I knew that I had to break this up into segments and and make it happen in a way where I could sustain it. So the first year it was I cut out eating so much food and I cut out the soda. And then you know the second year I think I lost another 20, 25 pounds um, because I was still eating crap and I wasn't exercising, but I still wasn't eating as much. And because I wasn't drinking the sugary sodas, mm. I was still seeing some weight loss. And then I kind of fell into a holding pattern. Um, up until, I'd say about 2000, from about 2009 to 2013, I hovered right around anywhere between 315 pounds and 350. Okay, my weight would yeah. fluctuate. Um, at that point in time, I had switched. I, I had switched jobs. I wasn't working as a mechanic. Um, I started a web design business, so I worked from home, oh. which meant I sat around a lot. So I had more <laughs> difficult times dealing with the weight. Um, and then in 2012 is when I gave up smoking. I had smoked for 30 years, two packs a day for 30 years. I've been smoking no since I was 13. Yeah, and um, so I gave up the cigarettes at the end of 2012 in November. And six months to the day after I quit smoking, I was driving by a gym and I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to stop. So I stopped and I checked the gym out. I had lifted weights when I was in high school cause I was a wrestler. Um, but I, I, you know, after I left school, I never, I never messed with any kind of exercise or weightlifting or anything again. Um, but I stopped by the, I stopped by the gym and I check it out and I wound up joining and, um, very quickly I started to see results. I started to see fat loss. I started to see muscle gain. Even at 40 years old, I, I've always been one of those people that I can build muscle relatively quickly. Yeah. I, I'm I'm an endomorph for sure. Um <laughs> Hercules, so it right. was like that yeah, well, not necessarily Hercules, but you know, <laughs> you, you have your you have your you have your three body types. You have your ectomorph, yeah. your mesomorph, and, and your endomorph. Um, and I'm definitely an endomorph. I can put on I can put on muscle quickly, um, quicker than most people my age, but I tend to pick up body fat with it too. Um, so once I started going to the gym and I started to see the results, I, I, I was on fire. You know, it was like I, And I got to the point where I was at the lowest weight that I'd been since I was 14 years old. I got down to 239 pounds and I had like 10% body fat. And I started to, at that point in time, I had been just cutting, just trying to get rid of body fat. I hadn't really been trying to build a whole lot of muscle. So at that point, my doctor looks at me and says, well, you don't need diabetic medicine anymore. Um, You know, we had you on cholesterol medicine. You didn't really need that. But it's just one of the things they do when people are diabetic. They put them on cholesterol medicine. They put me on blood pressure medicine when all this was going on because – the blood pressure medicine actually protects your kidneys from the effects of some of the diabetic medicine. It's because the, because the blood pressure medicine is an ASO inhibitor, it it helps to protect the kidneys. So they took me off all the meds and they're like, you know, you're good to go, you know? And it was to the point they're like, we're never seeing anybody your age go from where you were to where you are now and, and be able to totally reverse your type two diabetes. Um, And it was to the point that they actually had me speaking at new patient clinics. Every time they'd get Gosh. like a group of 10 new patients, yeah. they would they would have me come in and tell people my story and tell people how I went about doing what I was doing. So all that happens. I finally get fit. And I'm like, okay, well, what's next? Because I got to have a goal. I'm one of those goal driven people. Right. And the doctor was like, well, you know, you're a big guy and, and, and you're pretty strong. She, she said, have you ever thought about bodybuilding? And I was like, I'm in my forties. What do I, what do I even want to think about bodybuilding for? <laughs> um, she said, no, people can, com- people compete in like their fifties and sixties and even older. So I was like, well, okay. Uh, then, then that's my goal. I'm going to, I'm going to keep working until I can be at a point where I can do a bodybuilding competition. So that's what my journey has been um, from that point up until now. And so we're talking like, um, it's been five and a half years cause it was like the middle of 2015 when this conversation was going on between my doctor and I, and, um, I've had some setbacks along the way. You know, I, uh, I wound up having to have one, one knee replaced. Um, I had to have, uh, ACL surgery on the other knee. So I've had some, some downtime. I had a rotator cuff tear that put me out of commission for eight months. So I'm still working towards that goal, but I'll get it. It doesn't matter if I'm 60 years old. I'll step on that stage sooner or later.
1: I love it. Especially, you know, that drive in which you have, John, and the tenacity. Uh, This story really is super impactful and and great to hear. I want to touch base on diet as well because, uh, you know, that word gets thrown around a lot and want to hear your input. I hate that word. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I hate that word. (laughs) Oh, I love it. because I of, do. I, I really oh, do. And I, I, I'll tell you why. I'll, I'll tell you why I hate that word. Okay. First and foremost, um, a friend of mine that I actually had on one of the early episodes of my podcast, yeah, yeah. her name is Misty Harris. And um, she she's like a really inspirational woman. She's a minister and she's been through all kinds of stuff. Well, her and I were actually discussing things right before we recorded her podcast episode. And she's like, you know what? I hate the word diet. I said, why is that? I said, I know why I hate it, but why do you hate it? She said, because the first three words in diet, the first three letters in diet spell die. There you and go. I never thought about it like that. And I was like, you know what? You're right. And, and so I, I, I was like, I'm going to steal that from you. I'm going to use that a lot. And I have. But here's my problem with the word diet. A diet is something that you start and that you stop. If you want to be successful when it comes to losing body fat and keeping it off, And living a healthier lifestyle, whatever you do has to become just that. It has to become a lifestyle. It has to be sustainable. And if it's not, you're going to do the whole yo-yo thing. The reason that the the diet industry is a multi, multi, multi multi-billion dollar a year business is because diets in and of themselves aren't sustainable. It's like when I work with a client, I don't want to have to work with a client for longer than a year. Okay. And the only time I want to work with anybody longer than that is if they have some serious medical conditions that it's, it's going to take them a while to get to where they need to be. And the reason being is, you know, as a holistic nutritionist, my goal is I want to give you the tools. I want to teach you. My job is a teacher. I want to teach you everything you need to know so you can create a sustainable lifestyle that's going to be healthy for you. And that's going to last you for years and years to come. And a diet's not going to do that. A diet for somebody that needs to lose, I say lose weight, but actually what you need to do is lose body fat. Um, but a diet for someone like that is like putting a Band-Aid on cancer.
1: Doesn't do any good. This is So true. No, thank you. Uh, literally, that's uh, that's a great way of putting it. And I enjoy what you mentioned too with the, the die, pardon diet. <laughs> because mm-hmm. literally, it, it does give off that negativity when you look at it that way. I've never seen it that mm-hmm. way until now, so I'm glad you brought that to our attention uh, because mm-hmm. my whole take on it too, I remember doing a keto diet and uh, a few others, but the keto one, I, I remember getting off of it and it sucked, like regaining a lot of my weight and thinking, this is dumb. <laughs> I can't continue doing this keto diet forever, but I got to find my lifestyle, right? And so I'm glad that's mm-hmm. a good way of doing it.
0: Uh, okay. Well, I, I'm gonna, we're going to agree to disagree on that one. I've been keto for over three years now. Keto is 100% to keep us moving, to keep us going, to keep us alive. Um, and those are fat, protein, and carbohydrates. Of the three, you absolutely, without a doubt, have to eat protein. If you do not eat protein, you yeah. will die. Because protein is the main building block of every cell in your body, okay? Now, fats, healthy fats in particular, things like polyunsaturated fat, monounsaturated fat, and yes, even saturated fat, you need to eat those. If you don't eat those, your body can't just make them. So if you don't eat them, sooner or later, you're going to start to have a lot of problems. This is why. Your body, your brain alone is made up of over 30% saturated fat. The membrane of every cell in your body, the membrane that surrounds the cell, is made up of saturated fat. So what do you think happens if you don't eat saturated fat? Oh, You start to have problems. Exactly. People don't realize that, and that's because things really got skewed out of proportion with a couple bad studies that were done back in the 60s, and the entire country got on this whole no fat diet or extremely low fat diet. We have to eat more heart healthy grains and all this other stuff. But when all that stuff was going on and we decided to take fat out of the diet, if you go back to that time, there weren't things like grain intolerances and celiac disease and all these other things. The reason those things came about is because we were eating so many grains that our body couldn't handle them. So we started to develop conditions. That's how these things happen. So the ketogenic diet is 100% sustainable because you do not need carbohydrates at all to function. The carbohydrates break down to glucose, okay? Your body can make glucose. It can make glucose from fatty acids, from fat, and it can make glucose from amino acids, from protein. So any processes in your body that absolutely, without a doubt, have to have glucose, your liver can provide that. So you don't need to eat carbohydrates to get that glucose. Mm. So yeah, keto. the keto diet is sustainable. Most people don't do it right. And that's where they wind up having issues. They either jump off the bandwagon really quick because they don't utilize the proper protocols going into the ketogenic diet. So they wind up getting some of the effects of the quote unquote keto flu.
1: Yeah. Or
0: they they bottom out and they're like, okay, well, keto was nice. I lost 20 pounds you know i will, i lost 20 pounds in 3 months but now it's not working anymore so i need to go to something else and you know with the ketogenic protocol just like any other dietary protocol once you lose 20 or 30 pounds you need to adjust the food that you're eating because you're not the same person you were 20 or 30 pounds ago
1: and i think that's macronutrients. what macronutrients yeah i ran into that go ahead go ahead no i'm just saying yeah. I that's why yeah. i was like i'm done because i ran into that in the sense of oh crap got to mm-hmm. change it up not have as you mm-hmm. mentioned, you you said it on point. Is a different uh, you, you, when you lose that twenty pounds. Now it's a whole, totally different type of level of that nutrition. Right, so good to know. Yep, because uh, yeah, yeah. I think that was my big problem there.
0: And here's one other tip I'll give you, listeners, for anybody that's considering the ketogenic diet. Okay, once you become fat adapted, which depending on how you go about getting into ketosis. Um, can take anywhere to two to six weeks, okay? Once you become fat-adapted, if your goal is to lose body fat, the first thing you do once you become adapted is you need to dial back the amount of fat that you're eating mm. and replace those calories with protein. Because here's the thing. Most people start a ketogenic protocol with like either 60% or 70% fat. I've seen people do it as high as 75% fat. Okay. And that's fine. You have plenty of adequate fat to help your body get into ketosis as you deplete the carbohydrates. But if you want to burn the fat that you have stored, your body's sitting there and it's a fat burning machine at this point. It's like, give me fat. I'm ready to burn it up. Yeah. Now you have fat that you're eating or you have fat that's stored. The dietary fat is either easier to break down and use. So your body will use that first. So if you reduce the amount of fat that you're eating and increase your protein because you're not getting the high amount of fat that you were getting when you first started the nutrition protocol, your body will actually start to break down the stored body fat and you'll see an even greater fat loss.
1: No, thank you. Thank you for touching on that a lot. Uh, Really helps, especially with understanding better on how we can obtain, you know, a great healthy lifestyle uh, for all of us. And uh mm-hmm. this whole story, you know, you guys to conclude this whole the whole story and the change up of going into what you're now focused on is quite the shift mm-hmm. in it. it's so wonderful. We really appreciate having you on, John. And you brought some killer insights. My pleasure. Yeah, some killer insights. Where where can we find you besides the the site? Where else can everyone find you?
0: Man, you can find me everywhere. I'm everywhere. I'm like <laughs> Santa Claus and not just with the beard. I'm everywhere. Yeah, okay. Um, first and foremost, especially if you want to get um, get a lot more of my insight, not only my insight, but a lot of the guests that I have on my podcast. I have a podcast. that's called the Jacked Up Podcast, and that's spelled J-A-K-E-D for jacked. Okay. It's like my initials, John Anthony Kovaleski. Um, that is on YouTube. And it's on all of the audio platforms as well. Okay. I'm on Facebook, T2 Nutrition and Wellness, Instagram, T2 Nutrition and Wellness, Twitter, Wellness T2 for some reason. I don't know why Twitter did that to me because <laughs> I put everything else in the same as I did everything else. Right. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm literally absolutely everywhere. And I do, um, I do live, live video on every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, I stream live to Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Um, I'm also a resident coach in the Dad Bod Transformation Group, which is a huge Facebook group um, that has over 32,000 members. It's all about guys that are looking to get healthier. Um, they don't all have to be dads. They're just sporting the Dad Bod. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as, like, my supplement company is Ketocrine Nutrition. I sell exogenous ketones. Um, which is beta-hydroxybutyrate. You can use those whether you are on a ketogenic diet or not. Um, They're incredible for energy and focus. Um, It's an incredibly powerful energy source. And, you know, compared to a lot of the drinks out there, you you get a month's supply of, of the product that I have for a third of what you'll get 12 doses of a lot of the other stuff. So,
1: yep, like I said, I'm everywhere, man. I'm everywhere. Thank you. All right, guys, you've heard it. Now you have homework. Go follow John. He's on all these platforms, Uh, especially it sounds like, you know, your podcast too. So that'll be great. Go check it out. Uh, Thank you guys for listening to SOS. Continue overcoming your struggles in life and you all have a wonderful day. Take care guys. Hey, thanks for tuning in to another episode of success over struggles. Seriously. I appreciate you. And please, if you feel like this was helpful or you're gaining some tips, insights, having a great time with us on this show, go about subscribing and sharing this baby out there. That's how we can continue pushing this onward. I appreciate you. I wish you all the best when it comes to pushing over your obstacles towards your path of success. Take care.